This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We're back on the area of, of faith. If you got your Bible, go with me to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, and we're going to hit another area of faith tonight. Um, as you're turning to James 2, in Luke 17 verse 5, the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, increase our faith. And I, I believe that's still a cry of ours. Is Lord, I, I, I want to increase my faith tonight. And so um, I, I came to Tuesday night prayer last night, and, and it was wonderful. I invite you out to that. We pray here at 7 on Tuesday nights. But after I got home, I, I got on the lip, elliptical, and I was moving, and golly, God just started bringing stuff to me right there. And so some of this tonight is, is some of the things that God showed me. And so I, I want you to be New Testament taught on this. So we begin in James chapter 2, verse 14. What does it profit, or what is the use, my brethren, other believers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have work? Can faith save him? Now, when it comes to salvation, guys, we're not saved by works. But he's dealing with the area of, of more than just believing something here right now. Listen what the New Living says. You say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions, which is my obedience. So he asks us a question there, and then he keeps reading, and he says... If a brother or sister is naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart or goodbye in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? So, you know, I could, I could sit here and I could look at Roxanne and says, Man, I want to bless you with food. I want to help you. I want to be good to you. And, and then absolutely do nothing. What good would that do? And so the analogy is that right here. And so he goes on to say in verse 17, Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. The Amplified says, Deeds and actions of obedience to back it up. If it doesn't, it's inoperative. The New International Version says, If it is not accompanied by actions and deeds, it's dead. So what he tells me and you, there's more to faith than just believing. There's more to that than just saying, this is what I believe. So literally he's saying, you got to have some action to it. Verse number 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Now, one of the translations where it talks about words, works, every time it used the word obedience. So literally, it's how can you show me your faith without good deeds, without action. So as I begin to look at all these and all the scriptures that come up, when he said, or the disciples said in Luke 17, 5, Lord, increase our faith. Was he literally meaning there, Lord, increase my obedience? Increase the way I obey your word? Watch what he goes on to say here in verse 19. And I believe this will become very clear to you. 
you believe that there is one God, you do well. But even the demons believe and tremble. Now this is an incredible analogy to me. He said, if you believe there's one God, you do well. But you know what to a degree he's saying? So what? Even the demons believe in God. Even the, so what's the difference? The demons believe there is a God and they tremble at him. They just won't obey him. And so when I get back and I looked at this in more in depth, again, it's coming to the degree of how well do I obey God even with what he asked me to do. Now he ends this in verse 20, or this is where we're going to stop, but he says, but do you want to know, O foolish man, highlight foolish, O foolish man, that faith without works or corresponding actions is dead. Faith apart from good works is inactive. It is ineffective and it is useless. So what am I trying to tell you? There's more to faith than just believing. Now in order to help us tonight, we're going to look at two passages in the book of Mark. Go with me to Mark chapter 2. And this is the first one. As you're turning there, again, my actions are the verification of what I believe. A genuineness of what we profess. So again, let's allow the Word of God to teach us here tonight about faith. Ooh, this will really help you. And I got really excited all day today looking at this. I said, Lord, stir this up on the inside of me here. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And again, he, Jesus, entered Capernaum. After some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Now, most of them believe this was Peter's house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. So we get this, they're in this house, this house is jam-packed, it's jammed so much that they're out the doors. Now, Jesus is there, and what does Jesus do? He preached the word of God to them. Again, this shows us how significant the Word of God, that even Jesus said, man, i got to preach the Word to them. We need to create an appetite for the Word of God. If you don't have an appetite for the Word of God, ask God to give you one. Say, Lord, I, I, I want a hunger for your Word. I want to learn to get into your Word. You've heard me say this. You get into the Word, God will get into you. Years ago, there was a man of God named Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth used to say this. We feed our natural man three hot meals a day, but we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week, and we wonder why we're malnourished spiritually. i got to get into the Word on a daily basis. Begin to get you a Bible and read it. And I, I encourage you in your own personal reading, get a Bible that's very easy to understand. What would that be? The Amplified is good. The Message is good. There's several of them that are, the new living's good, where you're able to understand it. How do you read, Pastor? I, t I tell you how I read every day. I will read numerous chapters in the Old Testament. Right now, I'm in 1 Samuel. That's where I'm at, I can tell you. Actually, if you open my Bible, you'd see that. The second area is, I go and I read several chapters of the New Testament. Right now, in the New Testament, I'm in the book of Acts. 
Then every day I read a proverb. You know how many proverbs there are? There's 31. You know why there's 31? Because usually there's 31 days in a month. So whatever tomorrow is, I'm not sure the date is tomorrow the 15th. Whatever it is, read that, read that proverb. That's pretty easy, Pastor. It's, it's easy. And then I like to read books pertaining to certain things that are biblically based. Any book that I normally reference anyone to read, it's going to be loaded with a lot of scripture, okay? So again, I'm giving myself opportunity to feed my faith and starve my doubts. Now that was all free. That had nothing to do with this tonight. You just needed to hear that. Back to the story, verse 3. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Now get the picture again. The house is jammed with people. Jesus is in there preaching. These guys know Jesus in there preaching. They're trying to get their buddy in there. They can't get their buddy in there. So they said, hey, let's take him on the roof. And then they begin to tear the tiles off the roof. Can, can you see Jesus sitting there preaching the word? And all of a sudden, dust and all that junk's coming through the roof. And all of a sudden, they start lowering this guy down. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Verse 5. Look at Jesus' response. And when Jesus saw their faith. Now that puts a big question in me right there. When Jesus saw their faith. So what did Jesus see? Did they all have these hats with Jesus on? Did they have a t-shirt, the God Squad? Did they have a cross around there? Were they carrying by? What did he see? He said specifically, when Jesus saw their faith. So what did Jesus see? I began to think about here, and I thought, he saw their perseverance. He saw their confidence. He saw their action toward him. I mean, you think about, you know what, the perseverance on that. They said, you know what, we're not going home until, until Bobby is healed, whatever his name was. Okay, that's not in there. We're that persistent. We know if we can get him around Jesus, he'll be healed. So it says, Jesus saw their faith. Now, we got to go back and break it down a little. Go back to verse 3. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. So it tells me there's five of them. There's five men. The four that are carrying him and the paralytic. So what I begin to see here, those five, they believed in Jesus. They all believed about Jesus and, and I believe this, that everything they had been told about Jesus, he's the healer. He can do this and this. Everything they were told about him was true. But there's two words in verse 3 that are really interesting. It said, they came to him bringing this man. Now suppose... They knew that Jesus was the healer and everything they believed about Jesus was true, but they never brought him or came. Do you think the man would have been healed then? Huh. 
See, oftentimes when we believe God for certain things in our life and they don't happen the way we want them to, then we have the assumption as human beings, well, it wasn't God's will. But again, when I look at what he said right here, I saw their faith, or Jesus saw their faith. So what did he see? Well, number one, they came to him, and they brought this man to him. So there was a choice that they're bringing and they're coming to him that implies action. They did something. They didn't just say, oh, we believe he's a healer. Look again at verse 4. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they broke him through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now, what we begin to see here again is they acted on what they believed. How did they act? They got up on the roof and they began to let him down. And you know what they said? Nothing's going to stop us. So when I read this right here, what Jesus called faith was act, actually their actions. They're doing something to stir this back up with him. And so it was their confidence. Now look at verse 11 in the same passage. So Jesus said to him, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Now think about this just for a second. They had to hear that Jesus would heal. They had to have. Jesus is in there preaching. They let him down through the roof. And now he's in there. And Jesus looks at this guy. And he says, according to verse 11, he said, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Now the guy on the bed could have said, time out. Did you see how I got in here? Did you see they lowered me down in here? I didn't walk in here, but yet Jesus said, Arise, take up your bed. Now, watch verse 12. Immediately he rose, took up the bed, went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We've never seen anything like this. This man's faith was demonstrated how? By obedience. How's that? Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. And you know what the guy said? I'm just going to obey him. Something happens when me and you as human beings, we begin to obey the Bible. We obey what the Lord tells us to do. So in another area again, faith is demonstrated not just by what we believe, but also on how we act on what we believe. Turn to Mark chapter 5. This one may help you a little more. Mark chapter 5. We begin in verse number 25. Mark 5, 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. That's a long time. 12 years. 4,380 days. It's a long time. I didn't do that in my head right there, okay? I have that written down. And she had suffered or endured many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. 
So according to verse 26, she had exhausted all her resources. And I believe the doctors probably said, listen, lady, we don't know what else to do for you. Verse number 27. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. Now, as I read verse 25, I have to ask myself this question. Why would this woman do something that seems so odd? What seems so odd? It says specifically, she came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. So we begin to look at this, and it said specifically, when she heard about Jesus. When she heard about Jesus. So whatever she heard about Jesus had to come alive on the inside of her. And what that would be is like she got a revelation. And so when we read here what she heard about Jesus, where did she get it from? Well, she heard it from from stories. She heard it from reports. She heard it from people's testimonies. She heard people say, listen, if you just get around him and if you can just touch him, you'll be made well. And so she heard this about Jesus. See, the same things can happen with me and you. Whether we hear the word of God, faith comes by hearing. You start reading the word of God and you start reading, man, if Jesus did this for this person, guess what? He'll do it for you and me. But also something happens when we start hearing testimonies of other people. I've heard testimonies when people said, man, I saw Jesus do this. This happened in my life. I've witnessed certain things. When I was 18, I wasn't even born again at this time. And I'm sitting in the back of this meeting. And I see a guy, a young boy who had never heard in his life, ever, was born deaf. And they laid hands on him. And all of a sudden, they started snapping in his fingers. And he started hearing. And his mama started crying. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? I never forget those things. So when people tell me Jesus doesn't heal, Jesus doesn't still do those things, you can't tell me. I've seen it. How many of you have ever seen Jesus do stuff? I've got an older brother that he will be 59 here real soon. At the age of seven, he had a tumor on this clavicle right here the size of a tennis ball. Cancer. They told my mom and dad, they said, he'll never live out of his teenage years. He's still alive. He's still here on this earth. Two different occasions in my adult life, I've seen lumps come on him. I saw one one time about right here, the size of a golf ball. So we're back there praying one Sunday, and he said, all you guys here that are praying, the Bible said, you lay hands on the sick in my name, and, and, and they'll recover. He said, you guys lay hands on me right now in the name of Jesus. We laid hands on him. Within four to five weeks, that thing was gone. So when people tell me, God doesn't do that, ah, I've seen it. So again, I believe to a degree, this is what happened this this woman. When she heard about Jesus, she said, if I touch the hem of his garment. So now we go to verse 28. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She said, she said, she said, 
the Amplified said this, that she kept saying this, as soon as I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. I believe when she's working through the crowd, she's saying out of her mouth, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. Something happens with our confessions, the words out of our mouth. We gravitate to the things we say. And also, the words of my mouth, they speak my desires. How do you get born again? You confess with your mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So this woman here, to a degree, is given a self-fulfilled prophecy. And she said, I'm telling you, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. Two things off of that. Number one, she had to believe that he could heal her. If she didn't believe that, she would have never gone near him. Number two, she had to act on what she believed in order to receive. Okay, so where is the action? Where is the obedience? Where is the the deeds or actions at? She said, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. She went after him, and she kept going after him right here. So, the thought is this. She had to hear the word. And what she heard, she began to believe it. And what she began to believe, she began to speak it. And what she began to speak, she actually acted on it, because she said, when I touched the hem of his garment... So literally, this woman shows us how faith works. We hear the word of God. We hear those testimonies. And then it becomes a choice. Do we believe that Jesus will do what he said he'll do? And when we do believe it, we start confessing out of our mouth. This is what he's going to do. And then guess what? We act on that. Now this has happened to me. I can count on one hand since I've pastored. I've had different people. And almost every time I believe it was a woman. I've had them come up to me after the service, and you know what they said? Pastor, the Bible said, if you'll lay hands on me in the name of Jesus, I'll be healed. They said, I want you to lay hands on me. I believe this is what's going to happen. And you know what I do? In the name of Jesus. So be it as your faith is. And so where was the action in that? They came forward and they said, lay hands on me. Lay hands. Again, I'm not a healer, okay? But I do believe that God said, and these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, in the name of Jesus, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So watch what happens here in verse 30. Verse 29, back up one, I'm I'm jumping. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Now can you imagine... 12 years, she sits this every day, every day, every day, 12, 4,380 days, she felt something within her. And all of a sudden, she grabs the hem of his garment, and it says, immediately, the affliction's gone. She knows immediately. Verse 30. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Now, I could read on in here because he says, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, they said, you see all these people touching you? But who touched your clothes and and this one is healed? So here's what I begin to see. 
The power to heal was on the inside of Jesus all along. But it did not take place or did not move like it needed it to until there was a demand put on him. What was the demand? This woman's faith. So you got all these other people touching him, but yet this one taps into it. So had that power to heal always been in Jesus? Yes. It just needed someone to tap into it by faith. Here's an analogy for you. In this room right here, all around us, is electrical power. It's all through these walls. How many of you believe that? Every one of us believe that. But that power does me no good until I put a demand on it. How do I put a demand on it? I hit the switch. And we go over here and the switch, hit the switch. I, I could go in there and turn the lights on and off for you right now. Like a little kid and drive you crazy. Why? Because there's power. Was that power always here? It was always here. But guess what? It just waits for someone to put a demand on it. See, that's the same with Jesus. It wasn't because this woman was any special than any of the other guys. But this was a woman who tapped into faith. Now, how do we know that? Oh, we've got to keep reading. And pastor's down to three minutes. Run. Verse 31. But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging? You say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Now listen, guys, he wasn't mad at her. He wasn't going to rebuke her and say, what do you think you're doing? He wanted to put her on display to tell all the rest of them. Tap into me. Tap into me. Now, watch very closely here in verse 34 what Jesus said. And Jesus said to her, daughter, it was my will that you were made well. Daughter, it was your lucky day today that you were made well. No, Jesus specifically says, daughter, your faith has made you whole. So guess what? Here's a woman who began to tap into the things of God by faith. And we can go back and we can review the whole thing. Where did her faith come from? She heard about Jesus. She believed what she heard. She began to speak what she believed. But ultimately, she acted on it. So what would happen if I begin to do that? I believe the exact same thing. See, again, we can believe all day long. I can look at you and say, I believe in this and this and this and this. But that believing doesn't do me any good. She could have said that. She could have said to all those people, I believe Jesus heals. But if she would have never acted on what she believed, it wouldn't have done her any good. So again, it's, it's, it's truth. That we learn to believe the word of God. I believe. Woo. I believe he's a healer. I can go around all day. I believe he's a healer. I believe he's a healer. But until I tap into that. I hit that switch and say, okay, Lord. Okay. See, I'm going to tie this in. This is, I'll end with this, I promise. It's the same way with, with prosperity. The Bible's very clear that, that God says, I take pleasure in the prosperity of my servants. God says, I want to bless you. You read all the promises of Deuteronomy 28. 
I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I go over, not under. Ever those in, in Deuteronomy 28. I can believe that he wants me to prosper. But he also said, give and it'd be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Luke 6, 38. So, you know what I can say? I can look at Philip all day and say, I believe God wants us to prosper. That's true. That's a true statement. But that doesn't happen until I start obeying what he asked me to do. What did he say? Give and it'd be given back to you. Give. So again, it's one thing to believe the word of God. It's another thing to begin to act on the word of God. Ooh, man, pastor, you tore it up tonight. That's some good stuff. I'm, I'm just telling you guys, this, this is what I've walked with for 35 years of my life now. I still love to get into this. I, I, I'm, I'm going back to fundamental things with me and say, Lord, stir me back up. Not only do I want to believe your word, I'm going to act on your word. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.